You're listening to another weekly broadcast brought to you by the Christian Cornerstone Ministries, providing biblical foundations for spiritual growth. Before we begin today's message, I would like to invite you into joining our ongoing ministry support members. By becoming a supporting member, you show others just how much you believe in the Christian Cornerstone Ministry, as well as ensuring the ongoing deliverance of God's Holy Word. For as low as $5 per month, you can help support this ongoing work of this ministry, as well as the outreach into additional fields. To learn more, contact us on our website at christiancornerstone.org. And now, for today's broadcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another broadcast. Again, this is actually number two this week. Um, I do want to remind you guys that this is kind of a... Uh, a fun week, I guess, is what you wouldn't want to go with. We don't usually do these broadcasts um, every week, or I'm sorry, we do them every week, but we don't do them um, twice a week. Uh, and I'd love to. I'd actually love to get to the point in which we do this uh, multiple more times uh, in the week. Unfortunately, right now with the time and the resources, that is not completely possible. So if you do enjoy what what these broadcasts have to offer and you uh, you have faith in this ministry, please do consider becoming a my, uh, monthly subscriber. Again, by doing so, like we shared with you last week, we'll uh, go ahead and send you a complimentary compliment. I can't even say it this second day in a row. A complimentary notebook to help you keep uh, track of some of your notes. I've already used mine, as you can kind of tell. Um, and as well as a pen, and then you know, if you uh, if you feel comfortable contributing a little bit more, uh, we'll put you on the list for some free, more some additional freebies as well. Uh, one of the current projects I'm working on compiling is uh, some broadcast notes, uh, which is be more than willing to share uh, with our subscribers. Uh, and this can be used to help you guys uh, help your own personal study, help your own notes, kind of uh, find some ideas uh, that you may not have known before. Uh, this is actually the second of the, I guess, two-part. We're going to add this into our Straight Out of Context uh, series uh, that we have archived on our website. And this is kind of the second part that's going in with uh, yesterday's broadcast. Yesterday we talked about um, you know, the perceptions of Jesus or the perspectives of Jesus or, and why it is important that we recognize uh, that our visual, our understanding of Jesus really does matter. And that the phrase of, you know, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you focus on Jesus. That's not always the case. Absolutely not. And we went over that a little bit, that even the uh, Islamic community recognizes Jesus, the Baha'i faith. Um, I believe the Mormons was another one we may have mentioned. Judaism as well. Um, and even atheists all recognize that Jesus Christ is a real man, but yet, uh, according to scriptures, they are being condemned at this moment because they fail to realize their sins and they fail to repent of them and turn to the true Jesus of the, um, of the Christian Bible. Now today is kind of as I said we it's part two and we're going to kind of struggle uh, a little bit more with the theology. This is an article. This is based on an article I found um, again approximately sometime last year. And uh, you know this is, I want to kind of uh, I'm, I'm sharing my own commentary on this as well as a little bit more. And I can't even remember where this article came from, but uh, it's something that's really important. We do need to recognize that it is true that our theology the theology I'm, I'm tongue tied right now. Our theology is really important. 
it is just as important as our faith. And we're going to get into that uh, a little bit more here in a minute. But as I said, you know, we've, we've heard that it's been said, uh, don't get lost in your theology. Now, before we actually get into this, I want to remind you guys, those of you who are watching this video, uh, be sure to check out our website. Go to the ministry page. I'm sorry, the media page and then go under broadcast or if you want to do it a lazy way you can click on one of the two banners listen anywhere and podcast archives those will direct you to a page in which from there you can actually get a link you know uh, itunes spotify or google podcast um you know for uh, it's even actually on our front page as well the links uh, direct links to the uh podcast apps the uh, itunes podcast app uh, the Google Podcast and even Spotify as well. Uh, and we are actually on uh, probably about nine more platforms, including TuneIn. Um, I shared some stats which I thought were rather interesting yesterday. But uh, we're on there as well. So if you do not have one of those three main broadcasting apps, uh, get a hold of me and I'll give you the link to some additional uh, podcasting platforms in which uh, the these, these broadcasts are actually uh, on. So with that being said, um, let's kind of get this party started. I'm hoping to get this done within an hour, uh, if we can. We all know I do enjoy conversating, or I do enjoy talking, and I have a hard time shutting up. But we've all heard that you know this this concept of don't get lost in theology, or uh, you know something related to that, and and don't uh, you know what's more important is having a close and personal relationship with Jesus, uh, or something similar. And I've even heard this. I haven't heard it in a while. Um, my my Christian atmosphere is, is kind of limited right now. I'm still getting my feet wet with this new church. Very awesome. Engaged in their Bible study and trying to get my hands dirty a little bit more as well. But, um, you know, I've heard it in the past from some Christian uh, comrades, I guess is what we would want to go with, um, that they, they preach this philosophy. But there's a really a big danger behind that. And we need to recognize that, that we can have all this theological understandings. But, you know, the, the, the idea of Jesus, well, you know, that's the most important thing. But really, they go hand in hand. You know, there's, I can agree to a point, and I shared that with you yesterday, I can agree to a point that it is important that we focus on Jesus. Uh, in fact, he is actually the center focal point of the entire scripture from Genesis to Revelations. He's in there. Uh, so it's important that we recognize that, and it's important, really, what's important with that is um, our theology is proper. Uh, it's not that we don't need to have theology. It's not that we, you know, by you know comparison, that we can be a kindergartner in uh, our theological understanding our entire lives. Because if we are that, then we're going to come up with some really messed up ideas. But as long as we focus on Jesus, that's okay. But what's really the importance of theology, or what is theology? Theology itself, it's not simply about having knowledge. It's not. It's it's more about. It's not about how you can recite the scriptures or how much you know about the scriptures, but it's truly. It's about which. It's truly knowing God, um, his character of divinity. You know what all that looks like. His nature, uh, his understanding. You know, every day of our lives, we are to pursue a further understanding of God the Father and his and what He deems to be good. And taking, taking into consideration that this phrase is 100% true, um, that it doesn't matter, that your theo theology does not matter, but how you present or know Jesus uh, does. If that was true, here are some dangers that come into play. I've got three points here I'd like to share. It says, number one, you know, the question we need to refer we need to ask, in which we shared a little bit uh, yesterday, what Jesus are we referring to? 
you know, in this world that we live in, there's multiple identities, as we went over with uh, yesterday. We've kind of shared a little bit more in that. There is more than one identity of Jesus. So the question is, is if, if we're focused on this relationship, what relation, what Jesus are we having a relationship with? And number two is when, when Jesus makes the claim that there will be many false prophets, again, we shared that uh, yesterday as well in Matthew 7, 15, as well as in 2 Timothy 4, verse 3 through 4. And more importantly, those who claim to be the way, the truth, and the life, or even pointing to this, how do we really discern this? How do we discern which Jesus that we're referring to is the real Jesus, and which faith is the real faith when we don't have a proper understanding of theology? And number three here is while it is possible um, you know, to apply these standards, you know, I really doubt that Jesus himself would really come to say, uh, hey, I'm the real guy. It's, it's possible that he would, but, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the parable of Lazarus and the rich young man, or the rich man, the rich man Lazarus, you know, it's quoted uh, by Jesus, or I'm, actually I believe it's by, uh, it's quoted by Jesus, yes, um, that if they're not listening to Moses and the prophets, and I believe if I remember right, um, I'd have to get my Bible out to verify, um, I believe it was actually Abraham uh, who's speaking this. But uh, Jesus is quoting this of what's going to be said, or what was said, possibly what was said. Um, if they're not listening to Moses and the prophets, then they won't be convinced that if somebody was to come back from the dead. And you can find this out in Luke 16, verse 31. Now, what's interesting about this is... Um, that, 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 that issue right there of in Luke 16, if they're not listening to Moses and the prophets, what are Moses and the prophets? Moses and the prophets are the Old Testament. That was their Bible. That's what they had at that point in time. So um, what's really being said there is if they're not listening to this, if they're not listening to what they have in their Bible, then they're not going to be convinced if you know Jesus Christ was to really come back on the scenes. So there's the key point, or there's one of the key points as far as why our theology really does matter, why it's important that we have a proper understanding of faith, and we can only have that by digging into the scriptures and understanding what the Holy Bible has to say. And we must also keep in mind that Paul shares how even Satan is capable of masquerading around as an angel of the light. You find this in 2 Corinthians 11, 14. Now, it would make the, it wouldn't really it would make sense to require an understanding because of this because Satan is, is capable of masquerading around as a holier than thou uh, being possibly you know the most pious preacher that you would find it would make sense you know such as Joel Osteen we're gonna throw him under the bus right there um, you know it, it makes sense that we need to discern the scriptures we need to have a proper understanding of theology in order to properly discern the true light is this is this person uh, a worker of the devil masquerading around as an angel of the light or are they a true worker of the light are they a child of god and a messenger from god in other words why would really jesus come back on the scene why would he uh, use some divine miracle such as um such as he did with the apostle paul making him blind and then next thing you know he's seeing when we don't when we won't even listen to what has been written about why would he physically show his himself he, why would he manifest the evidence that he is true when we won't even re, when we will not even recognize what is in the Word of God, the Holy Bible as we have it today? The Holy Bible is is, is essentially a, a complete collection 
um, it's a complete collection of writings from God that God wants man to know. Uh, Satan is only like a lion. He's not the lion. That is absolutely true. Um, Tammy Giberson, for those of you who are listening to this uh, audio recording, she uh, comments online saying Satan is only like, quote-unquote, like um, a lion, and he is not the lion of the tribe of Judah. So he can basically put the mask on. He can make himself look good, but the reality is he's not the true one. So, um, But the Bible itself is a compilation of, of all the written words. In fact, I, I shared this with a friend of mine, um, and I'm not 100% sure on this theory. I'm, I'm pretty solid on it, but I haven't really spoken to a theologian that can really kind of confirm this idea. The Bible itself, in Old Testament, the Old Testament and New Testament, there's a 400-year gap, um, what's also known as the Dark Ages. Um, and uh, in that time, God remained silent. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that the reason God did remain silent is because all throughout the rest of the Old Testament, he's done enough and he's said enough and he's waiting for people to actually listen. He says, you know, I've spoken. Now it's up to you. Open up your Bible or in that time, you know, unroll a scroll. Likewise, we have the Revelation, the book of Revelation being the last uh, revelation from God, the last message that he is to deliver. And any other scripts that were to come afterwards is considered is not even godly. It is satanic uh, in nature. So, um, the purpose of Revelations being the last is that God has essentially closed the book. He said, everything that you need to know about me, everything that I want you to know about me, that's written in here. Now it's up to you to get involved. It's up to you to improve your own... Um, that's actually kind of an interesting point, uh, Tammy. I didn't really check that. I didn't really uh, put two and two together. But, I mean, it was pre wasn't pretty... Uh, could, uh, confirm this on me if you're uh, still listening, which uh, I can see that you are. Um, 400 years while they were in exile. He was silent during that as well. Is that correct? I know it's going to take a minute for you to respond to that, so we'll go ahead and continue on with this. Um, Deuteronomy 6, verse 6. It says, These commandments I give to you, to you today, they are to be on your hearts. And that's according to the NIV translations. Uh, the voice translation says, Make these things I am commanding you, um, to, that I am commanding you today, a part of who you are. Um, so what's really going on here, and there's a, two more references, three more references, I'm sorry, that I can give you here. Deuteronomy 11, 18. Uh, Deuteronomy 32, verse 46 and 47. As well as Jeremiah 31, 33. It is very important that we have the Word of God in our heart. It's very important to God that we have a proper understanding of theology. Now, it's not saying that you need to know everything, that you need to be the theological Einstein of your day, but it's important for us to get into that. So, um, that alone, I mean, we're only through the first page, and that's kind of where we're beginning to debunk this idea that um, our theology doesn't matter as long as we have a relationship with Jesus. And what's interesting, the most important thing that I found here, the most important verse, is that if in verse uh, chapter 5, uh, John chapter 5, verse 47, if you ignore Moses and the deeper meanings of his writings, then how will you ever believe what they say? Now here's the kicker. I, I honestly, I, I forgot all about this. I, this has crossed my mind quite a bit, a little bit, um, when I was, uh, just in general, in my life. There's a question behind the question, or there's a problem behind the problem. There's a reason behind the reason. Uh, you know, let's really focus on the idea that we, we say here in, in John chapter 5, these deeper meanings. What really are they? 
these deeper meanings is, uh, you know, what I'm thinking is that Jesus is explaining the message that's under the message. And there's this is where it gets tricky. This is where I'm probably going to lose you. You know, the Christian, to the Christian, uh, the Christian is called to follow the commands of the Lord. And to the best of our human ability, it's not saying that we're going to be perfect. It's not saying we're going to we're going to always get it right, but we are to live our days daily in worship of the true God, the God and Creator. This is the message. This is what we're supposed to do. But the message now again here I'm going to lose you here. The message underneath the message is the answer to the question, and the question is why. Why are we commanded to follow them? Tammy, I know you kind of have a hard time focusing. Let me know if I lost you on that phrase right there. Um, and I'm going to repeat this again. The message, um, the message is under the message. There's message one, and then what we need to focus on is message two. And that message two is why. We are why are we commanded to follow them? What will happen if we don't? We see an example in these Ten Commandments. And if you look carefully at them, there's there's a purpose behind those as well. We're not going to go over them. I'm just going to kind of give you a few examples here. Um, and, and as a result of disobeying them, this is ultimately not just damaging the relationship with God the Father, but it also damages our own character. So there's a purpose behind obeying these commands. And this is, I've got one, two, I've got four commands here in which I'm going to give you an example. That's just four. That's not including the other six that's in the Ten Commandments, and that's not including the other other commandments, the other moral laws that we're instructed to do in not only uh, New Testament, but also Old Testament as well. First one here, it says, do not worship false idols. There's a purpose, and the purpose behind this is why can't we worship these false idols? Well, not only because God is holy, and He desires our worship, and He desires our, our relationship, He desires this connection with, with Him and us, but by following these false idols, this is going to lead us down a dark path, a dark and stray path. 613 commands. There's 613 in there. And I think, I want to look this up because I, I um, those commands I believe you're thinking of is in the Talmud. Terminology is still kind of uh, vague to me. Um, not a pro professional with that. But uh, I believe it's the, you see the Talmud or, Tal or Tanakh. I think it's a Talmud. Um, 613 commands, and I believe uh, not all of them uh, are to be followed. I'm not saying that because I, 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 I don't have a copy of the Talmud straight in front of me, but I believe because there's some um, civil laws that can be um, uh, overlooked, such as, you know, go ahead and kill somebody uh, or stone them when they disobey, um, you know, cast them out. There's a, there's a couple other ones that you can throw in there as well. Uh, but specifically, the ones that stand out to me, uh, the moral laws, those are the ones that have never been abolished. Um, but these, uh, the Talmud is where you'll find uh, a bunch of these laws. And it's, I want to actually encourage you guys, if you guys are watching this, you know, find yourself a copy. Um, I think I saw one online, and I'd have to double check. Uh, maybe about 10, 15 bucks, is, and you can get yourself one. I've been interested in having one for myself. So um, another command here, honor your parents. Why? Why should I honor my parents? Well, respecting them shows just how thankful that you are for what they have done for you. I mean, they've done so much. 18 years of your life and, you know, 20, 30, if you're still living at your parents' house, you know, they've they fed you, they've kept you clothed, they've given you a home, a bed, you know, you've got comfort. You've got more than a lot of people don't have. So there's a good reason. And they've also instructed you to the best of their human ability in the proper way and how to be a good standing citizen. So you need to honor your parents because they've done a lot for you. Give them some respect where the respect is due. 
Another command is do not murder. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of obvious because it's just generally wrong, but there's more to this. Different from killing, murder is actually the act of hating somebody so much that in our minds, the person does not exist. Jesus Christ kind of uh, enlightens this a little bit. Um, that looks lovely. Tigers eat their young. Okay, so, um, yeah, don't re recognize that. If tigers eating their youngs, um, mom eating child. So make sure you listen to mom and dad. That way you don't get eaten. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, murder and killing is kind of two different things here. Um, murder is the act of hating somebody so much that they don't even exist. Jesus actually speaks a little bit on this in the book of Matthew. I'm going to say chapter 5 because I think I was just reading that the other day. Uh, and this, in turn, can, you know, by committing this murder, it can bring so much darkness. So much darkness, uh, you know, and, you know, so much hatred. In fact, I actually have a gentleman, uh, a minister, I, I, I refer to a lot. Uh, and it's mostly because it's very concerning me of where he's at and the, the people that he's leading. But this man refuses to, to speak to me. I've tried to reach out to him, and he's just like, I'm done with you. And it's very concerning to me because as a man who's supposed to be a man of God, you know, he's, he should at least try to resolve the issue. Um, but there's a point there is, is by not, uh, by committing a murder, you're simply, what's the word, fertilizing, you're simply fertilizing the hatred and the darkness that lies inside of you. Uh, do not lie. This is the last command which we're going to share here. Do not lie, or I'm sorry, I guess we got two here. Do not lie or commit adultery. And the purpose is, you know, the lying limits how much a person can trust you. While adultery is, is does this the same thing, you know, you got you commit adultery against your wife or your husband, um, or you know whatever kind of spouse you have, then that shows that you're not loyal to your relationship. It shows that they don't mean as much as the person should, um, which is why you should not commit adultery, um, because it shows just how little respect that you have for the opposite sex. Now, being that theology itself is the study of God, ultimately it is something that the Christian cannot avoid. I think this is actually really cool, because, and this was uh, shared with me. I want to actually skim my notes real quick, see if I do not have it. Awesome. The idea... Um, I heard this philosophy from R.C. Sproul. If you, he's, I believe he's dead now, but his ministry still exists. Ligonier Ministry. Check it out. Beautiful work. Um, them and Grace to You Ministries. Those are two wonderful ministries. I would strongly encourage you to check out and follow. Um, get your resources from them. But the moment we begin to talk about God in any matter, the moment we mention the name of Jesus Christ, we are stepping into the domain of theology. So it's impossible to get away. So we cannot get away. We, it does matter that our theology is there because the moment we talk about God, we are getting involved in theology. And from that point on, we got to recognize we're gonna, our conversation is going to lead us. Is this God or is this God? And this is ultimately going to lead to a proper or improper understanding of the, theolo of the theology behind the Christian faith. Um, we can't avoid it. Um, you know, when we begin to preach, as I said, when we begin to preach, it's, uh, this is we, we need to ask ourselves. Sorry, I'm kind of jumping around here. Um, you know, it's a, if it's about having a relationship with Jesus, and it's about reflecting Him upon others, um, we need to ask, if that's the case, what does the identity of Jesus Christ look like? We need to ask that to ourselves, and we need to continuously search. And as I shared last week, I'm sorry, yesterday, 
uh, really comes in handy to have a microphone uh, mute button right in next to you. Um, once we get the identity, we need to kind of get it, make it a little bit more fluidic because we're never going to come to a full understanding of God. We know as much as He reveals to us, but we need to ask ourselves, what does His identity look look like? And you know, the most cliche thing, what would Jesus do? Or more importantly, what would God do? They are both one and the same person. So I think it's important, you know, however you want to do that. What would Jesus do? What would God do? Look to not just the New Testament, not just to the peaches and cream stuff, but also look to the Old Testament and even the hard realities that we need to face as believers as well. We need to ask ourselves. And, and by doing that, you know, that is theology. Um, and there's many other questions, you know, that we could ask, you know, when it comes to properly presenting um, Jesus uh, to others and even to ourselves. Uh, but we need to find these answers uh, out. And we have no choice to do two things here. Ask God to reveal it to us. You know, and, and honestly, if you get the same reply that I had years ago when I became, you know, so passionate about uh, about this, about my faith, about, about theology. I mean, you can't see it, but I've got a number of books on my bookshelf right now. Um, when I was a kid, I hated reading books. And I prayed to God. It's like, you know, I'm willing to reject everything that, that I know about you. And I want you to reteach me. And by doing such, he gave me a fuller understanding of who he is in his nature. Um, more is actually a completely different God than I knew growing up. And I am so grateful for that. And what's really cool about that is this was a self-taught um, phase of my life. And then when I see these ministries such as Ligonier Ministry with R.C. Sproul, um, I, I think Steve Lawson might be in charge of that now. I've seen his name in quite a bit. Um, and uh, you know John MacArthur with Grace to You, uh, they've they've shared some sermons and and, all, and they've essentially confirmed some of my theories. So it's really cool seeing these these ministers speak uh, uh, anything about about the faith, uh, about something I've had a theory about. They're confirming this, and that alone is confirming that God truly did answer my prayer, and He truly did teach me who He is in His nature. So again, if you're going to get the same answer um, as I did. You know, he's pretty much going to ask you to open up a book. Open up a book, um, and uh, through this, you know, you can look to the scriptures, uh, look to God's written word, which was penned straight from the Holy Spirit, um, just like any, you know, like a secretary. This was what the apostles were. This was what any other prophet in which wrote the scriptures. This is who they were. They were the secretary, and then you've got the big CEO guy. He's saying, "Hey, you know, secretary, I need you to write this down. I need you to give this memo to such and such person." That is how it was done. God was speaking it. Somebody else was writing it. But what's really funny about all this is as I began, uh, you know, all of this um, really raised more questions. And I'm actually at the point in which I have too many questions and not enough answers. I love it because it furthers my growth, furthers my understanding, continuously helps me to grow. But the point is, this theology it is important, regardless if you're in first grade or graduating college. Um, you know, should we hold Jesus uh, higher than we do our theological understanding, or th should we hold our theological understanding higher than Jesus? I'm going to have to say no to both. We do not hold Jesus as higher um, than our theology, and we do not hold our theology higher than Jesus Christ. But rather, if it is, uh, you know, the theology is important to understanding the nature of God and who Christ truly is. Meanwhile, we should also have a relationship. It is about having that, um, that, that, that uh, saving relationship. Everybody has a relationship with Jesus. 
But there's some who, there's only, you know, a few people who, who have him as Savior and Lord. So we need to recognize that as well. Both of them go hand in hand. They need to be played out in our lives equal. Um, now I've got a, what do we got? Two more pages here of notes, or actually kind of a page and a quarter. So I'm going to kind of hope to uh, get through this before I uh, uh, bore you all. This name, I am totally, oh man, I have no idea how to pronounce this name. R.J. Krieger, Krieger. For those of you who actually know this language, uh, his last name is K-R-E-J-C-I-R. Uh, he's from Into Thy Word Ministry. Uh, this is actually a quote from him, and this quote reads, Remember, Paul wrote the Gospel of Romans under the interspersion of the, and directive of God, proclaiming the truth of who Christ was and is. In doing so, he explained the plan of salvation and the role of the church, the inclusion of the Gentile world, and the importance of sharing the faith. Thus, our study of this book is very important as the foundation of our knowledge of doctrine and truth. This is theology. Understanding the Bible is theology. A church without theology is a church without God, as theology is about knowing God and what he has done for us. A theology without a sovereign God is simply not an option for the church of our daily faith. Because we will, we will replace him with idols. Anything that takes place of God, such as a totem pole or a totem pole to money, is an idol. Ourselves can even be classified as an idol. Sports, you know, our children, our husbands, our wives. You know, clearly... Um, you know, you know, therefore, because of this, theology, or more importantly, good theology, is a logical system of truth, and that is rationally diffused from the scriptures, clear, uh, what clearly teaches. We are, never, we are never to read in what is not there, or just believe in something, because that's how we have always grown up to be taught. We begin as Bible-believing Christians who crave and put the Bible first among all other desires, feelings, and schemes. Now this last piece that I have here, and then we're going to wrap this up, I have four points. This is a, from an article uh, from the Gospel Coalition. That's actually another ministry I would strongly encourage you guys to check out. Uh, they have a lot of good resources as well. But uh, according to this article, according to the Gospel Coalition, four things you cannot do without... Uh, systematic theology and for those of you who do not know that term I had it up here this term for systematic theology systematic theology is a, dis, uh, a discipline of Christian theology that formulates an orderly rational and coherent account of the doctrines of the Christian faith it addresses issues such as the Bible's teaching about certain topics and what is true about God and his universe so there's a quick quick uh, description uh, of that. Now, there's four things that we cannot do. We're going to wrap up here with this. There's four things we cannot do without theology, or if you want to you know, generalize or uh, focus down a little bit more, systematic theology. Number one, it is impossible to know God. You cannot know God without theology. It is necessary to know God rightly as a triune creator, God, and nothing is more important than this. It is true that God has revealed himself in creation, and we know him uh, from what he has made. You can see Psalms 19, 1-6, as well as Romans 1, 18-32. But God did not create us to know him merely from our, the study of creation. 
He spoke to us in words through the prophets and ultimately through our Lord Jesus and has inspired uh, in his inspired word through his apostles. First John chapter 1, 1 through, I'm sorry, not First John, uh, the Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 1 through 18, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, Hebrews 1, chapter, or verse 1 through 2, and 2 Peter 1, 20 through 21. But to know God truly, we must, we must know not only all of the scriptures, but also how to put together, by a theological formulation, all that the scriptures teach. Number two, we cannot know ourselves without proper theology. Systematic theology is also necessary to know uh, who we are as God's image bearers and what God requires of his people. Theology tells us that the Bible's story is unpacked with categories of creation, the fall and redemption and the new creation. And as we try to understand who we are, we must carefully ask what God created us to be. What has happened to us in our sins? And what Christ has achieved in our redemption and, glorific and ultimate glorification? If we do not view ourselves in this way, we fail to grasp true. We, we fail to truly grasp a Christian worldview. Systematic theology, uh, built on biblical theology, is required to do this. Apart from this well-done theology, we'll often make mistakes, like one that the Judas, uh, Ju, Ju, ah, I can't even pronounce this, Judaizers, Judaizers, Judaizers. Yes, we'll go with that. Judaizers in Galatia made when they attempted to uh, attend scripture when they attended to scripture rightly, or they attempted to. Uh, because they didn't. Uh, well, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it right there. Now, verse number three here, this point, we cannot, this is interesting. I, I love this one. We cannot be the church. We can, it is impossible to be the church without proper theology. Systematic theology is also necessary to fulfill our calling as the church. What is our calling? It is to know God rightly and to live as redeemed image bearers. Keep in mind, redeemed image bearers, which is tied to theoli, theolo, theolo, I can't. <laughs> oh, I hate these words. Theologizing. In addition, our calling is to proclaim the gospel to the nations. And again, we cannot do that unless we have a proper understanding of the word of God. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Uh, first is to proclaim to a specific view of who Christ is as Lord, which depends on systematic theology. After all, who is Jesus? That's the biggest question that we need to ask, uh, and which I already shared with you earlier. In the teachings of the scripture and the church, he's God the Son incarnate. But what does this mean? What does it mean that he is the Son incarnate? How do we make sense of the fact that Jesus is the Son from eternity who is fully God and fully man? Systematic theology is necessary to proclaim who Jesus is and that he is the only true Lord. Second, as far as being the church goes, the second is to proclaim, uh, the work of the church is to proclaim his atoning work. What did the cross achieve? What did it mean when Jesus died for our sins? 1 Corinthians 15, 1-3. In church history, People haven't always agreed, and that is true. If you actually, well, I want to encourage you guys to check that out. 
Um, you can check out a lot. I have a book. I'll share that here in a second. All right, this is one of the first books, one of the first, uh, and I have to get back to this. I've got to read uh, all the other books they have, but for those of you who are watching the video, um, the Handbook to the History of Christianity. Uh, as you can see, I got it for a, oh, not that side, I got it for the 23, 30 bucks. Uh, very good deal, and um, you know that's a good start. Find yourself a book that gives, gives light to the history of Christianity. Um, you can also go to Ligonier Ministries. They have uh, you know, uh, a magazine called Table Talk that'll kind of give you bits and pieces. Uh, and they also have an audio series. Um, I want to say the, the his, Church History, I think is what it's called. And it's, it's taught by Steve Lawson. Uh, a number of lectures. Uh, they, they provide both a video and an audio format as well as uh, lecture notes. So you can learn a lot. And ultimately, the church itself throughout history is chaotic. Um, more specifically in the foundations of the church because they were really trying to figure out what's right and what's wrong. What do we put in the Bible? What don't we? What does the Christian recognize? What is the, the, the heresy of it? Um, that's what they had to do. And it was all centered around theology. As we said, you know, people haven't always agreed. And even to, the, even to this day, people don't agree. But it is so the theology is necessary to proclaim Christ rightly to the nations. And this last point here that we're going to wrap this up, we're actually making great time. 40 minutes. Uh, we cannot defend the Christian faith without a proper systematic theology view. Finally, systematic theology is necessary to defend the faith once delivered to the saints. Jude chapter 3. To defend, actually, I think that's Jude 3. I don't think there is a chapter 3. Uh, Jude 3. But to defend the faith assumes a certain content, a certain content to the faith, which is tied into systematic theology. In addition, it assumes that we, uh, we know the truth as an entire worldview over against the errors of the world. Apologetics, for an example, or in other words, the defense of the faith. Is bound up in uh, is bound up with systematic theology, and apart from it, we will not fulfill our calling to proclaim Christ and to defend the truth of the gospel of grace. Titus one verse nine, First Peter three fifteen through sixteen. Ultimately, this conclusion that we get here through this is not only, as we shared yesterday, not only is it is it important that we have a proper understanding of who Jesus is and that this whole idea that, you know, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you focus on Jesus, that that's really... Um, <laughs> uh, Tammy Gimerson, uh, she comments, uh, 40 minutes, it's a sign of the apocalypse. For any of you who have watched the last broadcast, um, it doesn't matter which one you watch, go watch one, you can know that I love to talk, you know I don't know how to shut up. Um, I don't know how to stop. So yes, Tammy, to answer your question, 40 minutes is a sign of the coming end of the times. Um, and that's that's biblical too. You look in the book of Revelations, it'll say the moment Bill Ricksecker stops talking is the moment the rapture happens. Um, and, you know, the next thing we know, we've got a new kingdom here on earth. That's not biblical though. Um, just for those who might want to accuse me of heresy, I've had a pastor do that in the past, so i got to make that perfectly clear. Um, so our theology is really important. Uh, you know, we our, our perception of who Jesus is, as well as you know, behind that, our understanding of the of the Holy Word of God, all of it. Uh, it's not saying you're going to know everything. In fact, I had a conversation with somebody just the other day about spiritual warfare, about the wrath of God, uh, and we were talking about this concept of um, twenty three. Yes, uh, the <laughs> twenty three twenty one is exactly where it's at. 
Um, but I had I had a couple conversations and it was interesting. You know, the, this person's understanding was different from mine, and I was you know explaining myself again. I don't know how to stop talking, and I, I had to force myself to stop so that she could get her her own comments in. Um, but uh, you know that's what I want to leave it at. Um, you know this is out of context. We'll actually put this on uh, on our out of context series on our website for those of you who want to check it out later. Uh, you can check out the audio. The audio is the only thing we're really saving here. The videos are up for a couple days before we remove them. I want to thank you guys, Tammy. Thanks for the comments. I really did enjoy reading those. Um, and you know I don't really have to say if you have any questions, comments, concerns, because I know you you'll get a hold of me. But uh, get a hold of me if you have any. Um, without further ado, again, for anybody else who has any questions, comments, concerns about what was going on in this podcast, get a hold of me. Uh, if you got my personal number, text me, Facebook, uh, contact us on our website. However you feel like you can get a hold of us, get a hold of us. Um, without further ado, I want to actually give one quick reminder before we close up for anybody who does become a financial subscriber of, a, of a $10 or more per month. This is going to be a great help. It'll help this ministry, you know, establish you know, with our programs, our licensing, help us get some team members on here, a bunch of other resources, whatever comes with running a ministry. This will be a great asset. So a minimum of twenty ten dollars uh, for now until we get uh, this uh, next resource uh, taken care of. But for now, we've got a notebook. Actually, I, as I said in the beginning of this, I love this notebook. It's really nicely designed, and I'm going to try to keep this scheme. Um, I love it. it. It seems to work out uh, quite well, but we'll send you this notebook and we'll send you a very lovely pen that has the Christian Cornerstone branding as well. Uh, next on the list, for those of you who uh, subscribe, which is down the road, uh, $20, uh, we'll actually give you a copy, which I'm working on compiling it right now, a copy of our broadcasting notes. Um, uh, free to anybody as they're published if you're a subscriber by that point then you'll definitely get it for free of charge send it to you in you know a couple weeks we got to get the prints made up and all that good stuff uh, that's really all I have if you guys uh, want to chime in and join up with this ministry make it uh, make it happen you know get a hold of me I'm rambling right now so you guys have yourself a very wonderful weekend and stay holy my friends